Merry Christmas. On this last day of 2023, we fittingly celebrate the Feast of the Holy Family as an icon and as an example of what it means to be both holy and family at the same time. So I know that many people make resolutions uh, as they move into a new year. Sometimes they're to lose weight or exercise or something like that. Um, but most of the time, they're just short term and rather limited. And they fall short of things that matter in the long run. What if we were to resolve to strive to be holy as he, our God, is holy? The word holy in both the Hebrew and the Greek refers to the idea of something that is set apart, a holy place, something that is sacred and pure and worthy. It means something that is different than the world around us. So this sanctuary is a holy place set apart, for on it sits the altar of sacrifice. Within it is the tabernacle in which resides the one who is all holy. We as Catholics, as Christians, are in fact meant to live in this world as a people set apart. To be essentially and fundamentally different from the world around us. And we are intended to be the dwelling place of our Lord. So the question is, is there room in our heart, is there room in our lives for holiness? Are we open to and courageous enough to be different from the world around us? So I recently read several historical novels about the people who lived and the many who died during World War II. And it was inspiring to read about how many families and individuals fought against and resisted those who occupied their homeland. They knew that to do nothing was to die. Well, I believe that there is a great occupation happening all around us right now. But the battle is not for our land. It's for our families. And the battleground, the war, is being waged not outside of us, but within the human heart. So how do we fight against that enemy within? Well, first we have to identify what is currently occupying our heart. And the truth is that for far too many of us, we have lost the ability to recognize the deepest longing of our heart. We have become as a people and as a family in some ways tone deaf to each other. And we have in some ways allowed the culture to become our conscience. We've allowed the culture to become the teacher of our children. 
and the society is quickly losing its Christian memory. And the love of God and the pursuit of holiness is being replaced with the love of self and the pursuit of diversion. And we know that social media has become the language of the masses. And unfortunately, the holy sacrifice of the mass has become the language of the few. Ultimately, the culture that is around us becomes a manifestation of the culture within our own homes. In 1979, Pope John Paul II wrote about this aspect of the family in the world, and it is so much more relevant even now than it was then. He said, modern conditions and social changes have created new patterns and new difficulties for family life and for Christian marriage. And he went on to say, do not follow the trends where a close-knit family is seen as outdated. The Christian family is more important for the church and society today than it ever was. The future of humanity depends in part on parents and the family life that they build in their homes. So what should the, a holy family look like in today's world? Well, we heard in the first reading about the importance of fathers and mothers in the home, how God has set the family in place. And there is no greater responsibility of a father and mother than to raise their children to know and to love God. It's by their example. Their example of self-giving love that their children come to know what sacrificial love looks like. One of the greatest things that a father can do for his children is to love and respect their mother. And the same is true for the mother towards the father. Ask any parent, any grandparent, and they will tell you that Children and grandchildren are always watching. They're always learning. And so I like asking, what are they watching? What are they learning? It's absolutely critical for children to witness their parents' love for each other. Children need to see their parents demonstrating genuine love for each other. Children need to see demonstrations of that love in their home. They need to hear their parents say, I love you to each other. And spouses need to hear that from each other. But because parents are not perfect, children need to see demonstrations of forgiveness. Children need to see genuine acts of selflessness. It is the decision to love your spouse in good times and bad that bears the fruit of love. It is that decision, the decision to love, that will equip a new generation of men and women who will continue to bear a holy witness within their own families. In our second reading, we, we hear of tangible ways of expressing love, 
in living faith in Jesus Christ. Nothing can replace the authentic example of a parent. Every single family has experiences of hardships. Even the Holy Family did. We can consider how Mary had to ride a long distance on a donkey, nine months pregnant, and then deliver her child in a stable. How Mary and Joseph had to flee to Egypt in the middle of the night in order to protect their child from being killed. And how they had to search search anxiously for three days because they could not find their child. This is why we can use the Holy Family as a real example of what it means to be holy in the midst of hardship. Because it's not just a story. It's a real family having real problems in the real world. It was a common practice back in the 50s, the 60s, and the early 70s to write on the top of your papers if you went to parochial school the letters JMJ. It meant the letters stood for Jesus, Mary, Joseph. It wasn't just practiced by children in school. We have some pretty great saints, St. Therese of Lisieux, St. Faustina, Venerable Archbishop Fulton Sheen and others who did it. And it's a simple practice, but it's a good, holy practice. And it served to center the mind on the Holy Family. It's very important that every family have religious pictures or other symbols of the faith readily visible in their home especially the crucifix. If you don't have a crucifix in your home, I highly recommend that you get one. Have it blessed and have it put in your home in a place where everybody can see it. Because you see, our hearts will follow where we allow our minds to go. We live in a world where there are many things that seek to distract us. There are many things that seek to occupy our hearts. If we're not alert to this, if we're not aware of this, then our hearts will quickly be filled with things and not with God. And there is an amazing countercultural divine truth at play here. If we fill our hearts with the things of the world, we will have little room. To left to love others, especially God. If we invite Jesus to be our first love, then we discover that we have an endless capacity to love, an endless capacity to love our spouse, an endless capacity to love and bear witness to our children, and really an endless capacity to love each other. So let us make our homes and let us make our hearts a place of prayer. And I can't stress this enough. Husbands, you must pray for your wives. And wives, you must pray for your husbands. Parents and grandparents, pray for your children and your grandchildren and their future spouses. 
that they be open to God's will in their life. When I meet with married couples, I often ask them if they pray together. And oftentimes they say that they don't. And so I recommend that they begin really simply. That if you find it too hard to speak out loud or to pray out loud because you are vulnerable, to come together, hold hands, and pray in silence. Your prayer is still being heard by God. And as you do that, you'll become more comfortable over time. Spouses must pray for each other and for their family. Because as we know, the, the family that prays together stays together. So let, let us make our homes a place where peace in the name of Jesus is alive and well. You know, the all-holy God was born into a family so that a family may be a way to holiness for the world. So I propose that we all dedicate our lives and consecrate our families to the holy family as we head into a new year. The act of consecration is the act of making room in our heart for holiness As you leave Mass today, there will be the prayer of consecration to the Holy Family in the back. Please take one and pray that prayer with your family. Whether you're a young family or an older family or you're simply a valuable member of this parish family, pray that prayer. If we make our homes in our hearts a place where God can reign supreme, then our family can become a holy family. And we truly can transform our communities, our culture, and even the world. May you all have a happy and holy new year.